Fisher, and uh, this is my attempt at a podcast, calling it Shoot the J. Uh, Yeah, that's the name I think I'm going to go ahead and stick with for the podcast. Um, This is my first go at this, and I don't really know how it's going to turn out. It's just going to be me talking and seeing how interesting I can be for, I don't know, however long y'all decide to listen to me. I'm going with the over-under of 20 minutes. That's what I'm going to start off with and see if I can even make it to that um, before I, I don't know, I, I just feel like a crazy person talking to myself. I already got enough ridiculous thoughts going on in my head throughout the day, so I figure why not just get them out. I mean, every other comic out there has a podcast. There's a bajillion of them. There's a lot of good ones, and um, hopefully maybe in five years... This one will be worth something if I stick with it. So yeah, Shoot the J. Uh, Funny title came up. um, Created by my friend Jose. Gotta give him credit for that. Jose Torres. Uh, Of course, it's inspired by the famous Dave Chappelle skit uh, where Prince is playing basketball. Shoot the J. Shoot it! In your face, Charlie Murphy. All that shit. Um... Had some other good names come up. Some of them included Cyber Jorfair. Uh, that was another Jose that I know that came up with that one. Uh, what else we got? Gone Fishing, since my last name is Fisher. Um, Fish Tank. On Air Jordan. Lincoln and the Jews. Uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of creative ones. That people came up with. So yeah, I appreciate my friends uh, throwing some names out there for me. And uh, yeah, so we'll see what what goes on. A little background. Um, Like I said, my name's Jordan Fisher. I'm a comedian here in New York. I just recently moved up to New York uh, about six months ago. Been doing comedy about eight years. And it seems like now the comedy climate has changed to where people, you know, stand-up's not good enough anymore. Um, you got to have something else that you can bring to the table, whether it's podcasts or videos, because of all these memes coming up, these YouTube stars. So industry wants to see that you're working, uh, that you're, you're coming up with some creative ideas and podcasting seems pretty easy. I happen to get my hands on a nice new Apple computer. Uh, well, it's a used one, but yeah, um, my friend gave me a, a blue snowball microphone that I could uh, plug into the USB port to record and it actually records pretty well as far as I can tell and um, just gonna use that right now as my rinky dink setup but I don't really think you need much more equipment I mean it's incredible what you can do now with just a small amount of equipment you know back in the day you needed a whole studio to try to do any type of recording and now it's just one little plug-in and a computer and you're set to go you got a whole studio 
So uh, yeah, that's what, I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna use right now. Try those out and see where it gets me. Uh, I tell you, this Apple thing, the computer's nice. I got an iMac and just immediately, once I booted it up and just hear, heard that doom like sound, just I just felt a wave of asshole entitlement wash over me. Uh, all these Apple people always have their nose in the air, and I think I get it now. It's just the the interface is pretty as fuck. I mean, I have a iPad, an iPad Mini, and I love it, but it's different when you have an iMac sitting in your computer. It just feels like a nice piece of furniture in your in your bedroom here. So yeah, uh, it's pretty nice. I, I I'm enjoying it. I'm trying to play around with it and figuring out everything how to record all this shit uh, so yeah just bear with me while I try to uh, get this thing off the ground and try to not sound like a bumbling idiot for 20 minutes um, but yeah background on who I am uh, like we were saying earlier I started off doing comedy in Greensboro North Carolina that's where I'm from that's my home town and I started when I was 17 and I didn't even I didn't know that I wanted to be a comic. My dad used to show me comedy all the time when I was a kid growing up. Uh, he first exposed me to Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy, you know, the great comics, the legends. And I was like nine or ten. And from there, I was just hooked on comedy. So I just started watching it all the time, uh, whether it was specials or the Comedy Central Presents and the, the Comic View, just anything comedy related, I was always watching it. I didn't realize, you know, it's such a huge buff, but it just seemed like another thing to watch, and I enjoyed it. And I just started picking up on everything and started telling the, the jokes at school, and then you start creating your own little jokes here and there. And next thing you know, um, by the time I got to high school, I guess I was just considered the funny kid, and I rode the bus all four years of high school. And people used to uh, just flip out on the bus, I guess, just, you know, they could, you sit in the back of the bus. Black people, we, we fought to, to sit up at the front, by the, but, you know, time you get to high school, the back is where you want to be, and that's where all the cool kids sat, and you make your jokes and pick on the kids up front. I remember uh, one of my close friends, she used to hate me. Uh, she, she rode the bus, and she sat midway to up front, and she used to see me causing a ruckus in the back all the time, and she did not care for my sense of humor. But she ended up actually uh, becoming one of my closest friends and going to uh, my shows when I started off in high school and being a good supporter. Uh, so it's funny how those things turn out. Um, yeah, I started when I was 17. The kids on the bus were the ones that actually told me to, to try comedy. I would, uh, you know, of course, make the jokes. And they were like, yeah, man, you should try stand-up. You should try stand-up. And I was like, there's no way because I'm I'm a shy introverted person the the fact that I'm even doing this or trying to do this podcast and talking out loud is is just weird and um so yeah I'm, I'm not not one to just get up in front of an audience or anything like that and like I said I'm a shy laid-back dude and uh, I remember my dad used to read this book by Damon Wayans called bootleg and uh, he would just laugh all the time uncontrollably at the book so I figured you know I, I read the book and it's basically just like his his stand up 
um, kind of like in, in dialogue form in the book. It's just uh, different chapters that are kind of like written out like scripts almost. And the book was hilarious. And uh, so I figured I'd write one of those. Almost 17-year-old kid. Yeah, I'm going to write a book. And I tried and I got my little notebook and started writing material in there. <clears throat> just talking about my origin story uh, for all the 17 years of wisdom I had garnered. And it just wasn't coming out right to me. So I decided, yeah, okay, I'll do stand-up. I'll try it out. Let's do it. And I remember talking to my mom about it and telling her, like, hey, yeah, I, I think I want to try stand-up. And she was just thrown off. Um, she didn't understand why. Because it's not like I was a funny funny kid at home I wasn't going around the house cracking jokes all the time or anything like that and uh you know she had her questions of course I think she was just a little bit worried because I don't know uh she's you know she had the normal questions like where is this coming from like who you know stand up like what's the what's the deal what's the deal with you uh wanting to do stand up and you know I was like oh you know my my friends say I'm funny at school and they 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 think I'm good, and they think I should try stand-up. And they're like, you know, my mom, of course, is saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, your friends are different. This is going to be a room full of strangers, and so on and so forth. And I remember, like, having a talk. This is before I even got on stage. Uh, she had, like, a family meeting with me and my uh, my dad, and they were just grilling me about... I guess my future, like what what my plans were as far as like wanting to do comedy, and this was this was I was a rising senior in high school, and uh, we just had this like intense family meeting about it, and I, I it was it was just so stressful, and afterwards after we had the meeting they're like so you want to tell us your jokes and I was like hell no like after all this stuff and got me second guessing life uh I don't think I'm ready to just unveil my material the material that I don't have and you know so we she, she we just she just had questions but at the end of the day, she was the one who did the research and figured out where I could do stand-up. So she um, went online and found out the, the Comedy Zone in Greensboro, great club, um, ended up being a huge staple in my life. Um, she found out that the club offered uh, open mic the first two Thursdays of every month. So at the time, it was July, and the first week in July... I was away on a trip with one of my close friends, and uh, she called me up about it. She was like, all right, so you're going to be away on your trip the first week of July. Now, the second week of July, you're open. Do you want to do the open mic? And I was like, I guess so. And it was a bringer show. So <clears throat> for those of y'all that don't know what a bringer show is, it, it's basically the comic. If you want to perform, you have to bring a certain amount of people. This one, you had to bring five people. So, and it's five bucks a piece for each person. So, she's like, can you get friends together? Do you have five people that are going to want to see you do stand-up? And I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, we'll get them together and we'll go. So, I ended up getting uh, my mom. I didn't want my dad to come because he was always funny to me. And I just didn't want that pressure on me. Uh, so, 
had my mom come out, uh, a group of friends. One of my friends brought his mom and her sister. My English teacher ended up coming out and her fiance. And I actually ended up being in their wedding uh, when they got married. But they all came out and I remember telling the the person who ran the 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 front door, you know, this is my first time, just please don't put me on first. And they're like, okay, okay, yeah, we got you. And they ended up putting me on second. And this was the first time I had ever been in a comedy club at all. You know, I had watched plenty of comedy, but I had never gone to see it live. And I went there, and it, it just, the stage just seemed like a mountain. And it, was, it just seemed like something I had to conquer. So when the show started, they had like this pop-up music, you know, this ding, ding, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. And they just play this, you know, hype music. And I was like, oh, fuck, like this shit's about to start. So like I said, they put me on second and it ended up going pretty well. I didn't shit myself. You know, I it wasn't even like I wanted to go up on stage. It's just my legs. When they called my name, my legs were just like, all right, it's time to go. And just made me walk up to stage and start telling the jokes. And it went well. Um, I tell you, it it started off okay. And I got my laughs. It, it tapered off towards the end. But it was enough to do well that it, it made a mark. And it kept me wanting to do it. So that's what I did. I started doing it for the next eight years. Um, I did it with for a school project also at the time because we had to do a senior project and it needed to be career-based. So I figured I'd do stand-up and I'd do the, the project and it would knock out two birds with one stone. So that kind of kept me doing it um, regardless of the fact that I would want to do it uh, without the project. But, it, you know, it's something else to keep me gassed up so yeah um and i did stand up in the all of north carolina um all through senior year of high school and all through college and i became the house mc of that club after um the former house mc ended up you know leaving on to you know work the road and progress his career and uh, he's still a good friend of mine. Uh, but yeah, I was fortunate enough to do that because now I'm up here in New York and it's just totally different. It's, it really is like starting over. Uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to work the road here and there and open up for some uh, very talented comedians. And you come up here and it's back to square one. You know, I'm back doing the open mics, which I was still doing in North Carolina. Uh, but, you know, just the open mics here, it's all in front of comics. It's not crowd members. The shows that are local, you, you have to you have to wait to get on. And you really it's really a fight to get on those those stages uh, because a local show in North Carolina, you know, you can ask politely. You know, you do well at, at a mic or just show up a few times. And, you know, the scene has definitely grown since I've been there. But there's plenty of opportunity for you to get on stage and do these these longer sets. Uh, up here, the mics are two minutes long and in front of comics. And from there, when you try to get on the shows, the there's 
10,000 other comedians wanting to get on the shows just like you. So it's not just, hey, I happen to be around and open. Do you think I could jump on the show? No, so you, you really got to get booked. It's taken seriously up here. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm, that's where I'm at right now, just trying to get on these stages. Uh, I've got a few things lined up. I'm starting to work my way in a little bit. Um, you know, people are starting to know me. Uh, not, not, you know, it's not like, like, oh, hey, there's, that's Jordan Fisher right there. Nothing like that. But, you know, you're starting to, to make some connections and people start to talk to you. Because comics, we're, we're pretty standoffish when you come, come in the scene uh, first go. You do the mic and you may not get laughs. They may just stare at you. And you're like, who, who the fuck are you? Um, but that's just the way, that's just the way it goes. So you, you keep showing up keep trying to be funny and eventually people you know laugh at you and uh eventually they start to you know say hey i'm i'm so and so and i run this show or you know you just you just gotta throw yourself out there and introduce yourself and be willing to talk to people a little bit so that's that's something new for me because it's it's i'm not the best at just introducing myself but um you get over it this place makes you not shy anymore which is good Makes you grow as a person. Uh, so yeah, recently I was gone all of October. Honestly, I was on the road all of October. I got to go back down to North Carolina and do some some work. Uh, some of it fell through. I was supposed to do one club, and the headliner brought his own feature the last second. Another one. Um, There's some double booking issues, but they still let me uh, perform on the shows, which was nice. And I got to spend time with uh, some of my friends in, uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina, which was great because uh, I hadn't seen them in a while. And it was nice of them to put me up. They know who they are. Um, just hanging around Wilmington all day, chilling in the house, doing puzzles and shit, uh, which is relaxing. I, I hadn't done a puzzle, a 500-piece puzzle. I hadn't done that shit in so long. And it's relaxing to do, but... You can't, puzzles are one of those things where you can only enjoy it so much. You cannot just throw some classical music on while you're doing a puzzle or else it looks like a serial killer uh, if somebody walks in on you. And uh, so, yeah, I did that. Um, then I went to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and performed for the first time there. I had gone to Myrtle, I haven't been there in years. I used to go as a kid, plenty. And I always have fun because you're a kid, you just go into the beach, you know, you go around spring break and you see some, some hot women in their rebel flag bikinis. That's the type of crowd Myrtle draws out. But going there in October and performing at the comedy club there, it brings out pretty much an older crowd. Uh, it's going to be half and half on what you're going to get away with and what kind of response you're going to get from the people. I had a good time. It's just some of the shows, you may not get the response that you're used to. And at that point, you're like, fuck it. Let's just throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. So you just try out material. You know, you ain't got nothing to lose. And uh, yeah, that's how, you, that's how you make your own fun when it comes to that situation. Uh, one lady, she was 
I'm out there talking about race, which is, you know, I, I find appropriate to talk about, you know, I'm not going to shy away from what's really going on in the world. And she's drunk, just on the front row. And she's like, eh, you should stop with the black, white stuff. And I looked at her and I was just like, this is, this is real. Like, this is the real stuff that's going on. And I, you know, went about and did the show. You know, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. It's not, as long as you're not being disruptive and heckling like that, then I don't care. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Comedy's subjective. I get it. But anyway, after the show was done, she comes up to me and she's like, are you going to be mad at me? I was like, for what? And she's like, for the things I said, I, you know, I didn't mean to be mean. I was like, I don't give a fuck. And she just kept going with it. And she's like, it's just, you know, the black-white thing. It's just not funny anymore. And, you know, the people, they're killing cops and everything. Which is, come on, it's, it's, I don't think the people are doing much of the cop killing. I think it's the other way around. And that's not to say that all cops are bad. I'm not saying that. Um... But let's be real. It seems like there's more police brutality than civilian to the police uh, right now. But I was just trying to, you know, ignore her. And I couldn't have been more clear with my body language and just being like, it's okay. I just kept saying, it's all right. Okay, we're good. And just not looking at her. And she just kept going. I've never been so close to just being like, yo, fuck off. But, um... Yeah, you just get... That That happens in comedy. And usually people don't bother me. I don't care what you say after the show. It's just for some reason that one just got under my skin a little bit. I just think it was the, her being naive that... Um, she thinks that all the all of America's problems are, aren't over and we should just glaze over it and not not talk about it. Uh, it's like the, the Kendrick Lamar album, To Pimp a Butterfly. It's a, there's a complex article out about that album and saying how like people don't enjoy it really I guess like why are people acting like they enjoy the album and that it's right for the time that it you know the album's right for what's going on right now but it's not really enjoyable which is bullshit that that's the album is great um it's fantastic they're sitting there talking about like oh why would somebody come out with a jazzy type album right now I don't know, because it, it might be because all the other rap out there is horse shit right now. Just a bunch of... <laughs> Most of the rappers right now sound like autistic Indians. Uh, just... <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, I think To Pimp Butterfly is fantastic. And it talks about the, I don't know, today's, today's culture and what's going on with the uh, racial climate and... Uh, the problems that we're facing and doesn't shy away from it. It's not a bunch of brag rap, and I think it's okay to talk about it. It's a it's a it's a breath of fresh air, uh, in in rap. So yeah, just I don't know. That's that's what I feel like entertainers should do is just address what's going on. I'm gonna call this podcast. Nobody's listening to this. Uh, the fact that what we're at 23 minutes now. I can't even believe I made it over. Um, I don't know if you did, but we're, yeah, 
pushing through. Anyway, Philly. I went to Philly last week. I had some gigs there uh, during Halloween. It was there Thursday through Saturday, Halloween weekend. Philly, Helium Comedy Club. That, they have a great room there. Um, that's a fantastic establishment. They bring out a good audience. Um, and I, I couldn't have had more fun there. It was my first time in Philly. Got a cheesesteak. Uh, with my friend Anthony Bean, uh, some of y'all know him as Chico Bean from Wild and Out. Funny dude. We came up together in North Carolina, and uh, it's it's great to see him doing doing big things. He's on television, and I'm doing a podcast, uh, trying to do a podcast, which black people usually don't fuck with. Uh, black people do not listen to podcasts. I know that. Uh, maybe I should call that. Maybe I should name it. Uh, Black people don't listen to this podcast uh, instead of Shoot the J. No, it's going to be Shoot the J. Um, but yeah, so we went and got a cheesesteak from this place called Ishka Bibbles. That's how it sounded in the in the uh, GPS. Navigating to Ishka Bibbles. Uh, which I thought it said suck my balls the first time. Um, but yeah, the, dude, for the two of us, we each got a cheesesteak, a drink, and fries. It ended up being $35. Ridiculous. Dude, $35 for two sandwiches. I will say they do know how to fill them up. They, they, don't, they don't skimp on the meat there in Philly. But both of our reaction, when they rang it up, she was like, okay, your total's $35. And we both did that typical black thing where our face got scrunched up and we said god damn and she she just looked at us it was just like yeah sorry like most people have that reaction it me and Bean just started going through naming basically like uh black black menu items based on reactions so It'd be like, let me get one goddamn with a side of what that come with and a small nom good. Uh, let me get an extra for that shit. You know, shit like that. Just basically all the the sayings black people say when they order something and don't expect they wallet to be crushed. Yeah. The Philly was cool. Ended up, uh, the, the Halloween show was actually pretty fun. The crowds are smaller for Halloween because, you know, everybody's out there roaming the streets trying to get some, some fucky on, uh, their cat ears. That's everything, all the girls wear cat, cat ears and it's basically like you're just doing your makeup and then taking your eyeliner and just drawing elsewhere on your face. You you don't. I've never seen a cat I wanted to fuck, or deer, or rabbit, or mouse, for sure. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically what women do. They just throw the cat ears on, or the 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 mouse ears, and some heels, and and then just start drawing on their face. And that that's it. That's all you have to do. That's all the creativity I need, and just push my titties out. Um, yeah, so those, some people are out there trolling for that, which is understandable. 
I saw also this year costume because two years ago it was the Minions. Every girl wanted to be a Minion. This year, it's um, pop art. I think I saw a lot of pop art ones, and of course the typical animals. Um, yeah, that's about it. Honestly, I think I saw a few superheroes here and there, but pop art seemed to be the the other big one. Um, oh, dude, when I had to, okay, so the road gets pretty lonely driving around and, uh, just staying in these fucking seedy hotels, man. Not, yeah, some of them you have to book on your own. Um, I, I stayed in an Airbnb in Philly and that guy, all right, he had a dope spot. It was like this loft type deal. So it was a shared space, and he actually ran a mic for about a year and a half um, before he gave up on comedy. And that's that's about the the benchmark uh, for those people that give up on comedy. If you do it a year and you make it to year two, you're probably going to keep going usually. But if you don't make it past it, you know, if you don't make it to year two, it's just like, ah, fuck it. Um, rather not do this. And uh, rather put that degree to use. Um... But yeah, anyway, we had a shared space, and this dude, I'm paying him to stay there, and one of the nights he texts me, he's like, hey, what time are you going to be back? And I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm at the club, what, what's up? And he's like, oh, I got a lady friend coming through, the place should be secure by about 1.30. Hey, are you fucking... Are you serious? Like, and I'm, I'm pretty laid back about the whole situation. Like, I don't, I don't care. But the fact that I'm paying you, it's like, dude, we're in a shared space. You don't try to get laid when you're sheltering somebody. Like, he, it's ballsy. That's a ballsy move. Cause it's Airbnb. Like I can totally leave a bad review, but I'm not one of those people to, leave reviews anyway like I, the fact that people get online and leave reviews like that's what they do in their their time i do not understand those people i'm just like oh this popcorn machine you it's it's not it's not as good as the pop x 2000 but it does pop popcorn and it it shoots it out into a bowl but usually I like a, a lighter pop, and this one has a crunchier pop. It's like, dude, fucking just just eat the fucking popcorn. I, I don't, okay, I need those people. I will say I need those people, because when it comes time that you are going to buy someone online, you want a bunch of fucking nerds that are reviewing things for you. Um, so they come in handy, but I just don't get who is taking the time to do it. I have never bought anything where I've given two shits to review it. If I like it, then I keep it, and that's good enough. If I don't like it, then it's like, fuck this, and I'll return it. Most likely, I won't even return it because I'm just too lazy to put the whole thing back together to return it. Uh, but yeah, and then there's always those people online. I never do reviews, but I tell you what, this is this thing made me take time out of my day to pull up the laptop and start giving you my opinion. 
yeah, what, which, you know, what the fuck can I say? I'm, I'm talking to myself in my apartment, uh, probably to no one. Anyway, um, so yeah, the Airbnb dude, he brings, he brings a piece of ass through and I text him, you know, around 1.30. I'm like, ah, you know, I think I'm gonna head that way. What's up? You know, is, is everything good? He's like, yeah, I'm here babysitting. And which means, you know, whoever he brought through was wasted, which is even worse. And I was like, dude, I'm not you know, like, I'm not even coming home right now then. So I just stayed out with the wait staff, um, hung out with them. I don't even drink, but you know, it's just cool just to get to know people. So I hung out with the, the wait staff, went and got some diner food in Philly, which was, you know, funny seeing all the drunk, degenerate, you know, Indians and, and minions and cats and it was Halloween. So everybody's all dressed up in the diner. Uh, trying to order their food. Some guy dressed like a pencil. And uh, just... Oh, God. Drunk people are the worst. Because we had to sit in this... like We, we were in this confined space um, waiting inside. And everybody's just like, who's in line? Like, who's who's first? Who's third? Who's third? And not... And as a sober person, it's like, dude, I know exactly where I am. But these people are all confused about who's supposed to be next and whatnot. And just people getting shoved. And it's like, dude, just just calm down. You're going to your, get your fucking hash browns and bacon in a second. Uh, but yeah, I didn't end up getting back until about 4 a.m. And, you know, I come home and he's talking about how the girl's, like, puking in the, the toilet. It's like, dude, I'm paying you for this shit. Like, if you got... if. You went back to your hotel room at, I don't even care if it's a Motel 8 or 6, whatever the fuck number it is. If you got back and Rosa was standing at your door talking about, no, 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 you cannot go in because there is, there is a young lady in there puking in your bathroom. God, fuck this place, man. Like, get her the hell out of my bathroom. But... That's the way it is. That's the road, man. You uh, you get what you pay for. Um, I didn't pay for that, but you know, like I said, I'm not I'm a passive type, so I, if, as long as she didn't throw up on me, I'm good. Uh, so yeah, that was Philly. Philly was fun. I ended up staying the, with a a young lady myself by the end of the weekend. Ooh, uh, but yeah. But South Carolina. Going back to South Carolina. Okay, so I went. I was going to go home for a bit from South Carolina. I had to go back down to North Carolina um, after the gig. And I decided to leave after the last show. I was just like, dude, I'm just so ready to get out of this city. I'm tired of sleeping on that cot. They put us in a comedy condo and you just, dude, it felt like I was sleeping on a summer camp cot. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just leave now, Um, which was like about 11.30 at night. And the ride home was right under three hours. And just driving back, I went ahead and fueled up, got two, like, monster energy drinks that were coffee. So double the energy there. And because I usually, I'm pretty bad about driving. Like, I get, I will fall asleep at the drop of a hat. And I know that's not good to drive. Um... But I just, I'm not the best when it comes to 
keeping awake on the road. I've never fallen asleep at the wheel or anything. It's just, I, get, I guess I just get bored. I'm just like, oh, fuck it, come on, let's go. And I just get, like, kind of just dozy, but I'm still awake. Anyway, I ended up taking the back roads through South Carolina to get to North Carolina, and there is nothing that will keep you awake more than driving through what looks like could be the set of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Everywhere I went through those back roads, I was just praying to God that nothing happened to the car. The speed limit was like 45 through all of them. I was going 90, just booking it. Because there's just trailers. It was just one of those things, like if I had to to pull over for any reason or if like a tire blew or anything it's just be one of those instances where like I'm down on my knees like trying to fix the tire and then next thing you know you see like a flashlight coming up hey can I help you you you, you want anything you need some assistance you might be lost you what you doing out here and that's it like that's just and you would never even know I was gone uh just trailers out there and oh my god just the spookiest shit fields they weren't even deer like deer were like fuck this place like probably probably all the deer were uh in the freezers of these people that lived out here in these woods uh they probably hunted them all or uh if they were roadkill dragged them back home to make some deer jerky there which is actually pretty tasty um but yeah dude like i've and I've never, it, when I finally got to the highway, it was like Moses finding the promised land after 40 years of roaming around. I was so fucking happy to see more lights and just like actual two-lane roads. Uh, and that's just one of the situations where you pray your phone doesn't die with a GPS. I don't know how people even navigated back then to find the GPS, like just with maps. And just hoping you got to where you're supposed to go in those, in those times, like, on those roads? Dude, I don't even know who makes the, the, who's given the task of mapping out the roads for Google Maps. Like, going, taking the Google car and just riding up and down those roads and snapping pictures and shit. A bunch of rednecks standing on their porch. What the fuck is that? Going up and goddamn down the street with goddamn fucking video camera on the damn hood. Who the hell needs that shit? Take no picture. Get the fuck away from around here. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm just glad I made it. Made it out of there. Now I'm back in New York after being on the road for a month. And it's, uh... It's cool being back in New York. Luckily, it hasn't started freezing up here. It's November, and it's still mid-60s to 70 degrees for a high, which is unusual, I guess. I mean, I almost moved to L.A. before I moved here just because of weather purposes. I did not want to deal with one of these brutal New York winters. Uh, it's just going to be the worst I'm just, oh, fuck. Like, the North Carolina, you get a winter, but they shut down everything. Well, they shut down the schools at the possibility of a snowflake. Like, all right, well, it says tomorrow that 
Um, we might get a light dusting, possibly, maybe. So, we gotta keep the kids in the house. School's closed. All you other fuckers get to work, but school's closed. And, uh, uh just pray. Just pray that nothing happens on the roads. We won't salt them until it's too late. Um, and then it just rains. That's it. But, I mean, yeah, it, we get the winters and we get snow and everything, but not like up here. Um, but, yeah, and it doesn't get to zero degrees as a high uh, like it does here in New York. So I'm not looking forward to that, and it, ha it hasn't come yet. The only reason I ended up moving here to New York is, well, one, because I just wanted to be uh, as strong a comic as you could be. That's like, this is the place to do it. You know, once you're in and you're able to do the comedy clubs multiple times a night, every night, then, uh, yeah, it, it's just a matter of practice and repetition and getting good at it. Kind of like this podcast. Hopefully if I keep doing it once a week or something, I'll, I'll get good at it. But either way, um, yeah, the, but also the reason I ended up moving is because I watched Dave Chappelle... Uh, who's like one of my biggest influences, of course, also with the title of the, the podcast, Shoot the J. Um, uh, I met him after a show in Winston-Salem and talked to him. And I was talking to, about moving, how I was trying to decide between New York and L.A. And he told me, he was like, well, I haven't moved to New York. Uh, it's the Mecca of comedy, and you'll have a lot of fun up there. So when you're idle... Tells you to move to New York. Hey, you moved to New York. So that's what I did. Um, dude, I came back. And <laughs> one of the first night here. Was it the first night? Either way, when I came back up, I remember I went out. Uh, I, settled, I got settled in the apartment. And I went out. And I uh, left the house. But I left the, the light on in our stairway. And when I came back, the light, I guess, had blown because it was dark in the stairway. And when I flipped the light on and off, it didn't, it wouldn't turn on. So I guess the bulb had blown. But I was kind of, like, freaked out because I didn't know if my roommate was home or not. And there's a preface this, my roommate is gay. Uh, and I had my cell phone out and... I pull up the flashlight to see what's going on. I'm like kind of scanning around and of course nothing's there, but I forgot to close the door to our apartment. So I'm chilling up in my room and he comes home and he's like, Jordan. And I was like, yeah, what's up? And <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, like that, that deep breath you let out when you can finally put the shit back into your asshole. He's like, oh, God, okay. I thought I thought somebody had broken in, Jesus. And I was like, why? He was like, well, I came home, and the light's off, and then, you know, the, the fucking door is wide open, and he's got this bottle of wine. He's a wine salesman. He's got this bottle of wine ready to just clock whoever it is in the house. And it's just like, just like, dude, neither one of us are the man of the house in this instant. Like, so if somebody breaks in, they're just going to have a fucking field day, like, Gay, straight, doesn't matter. Black guy, white guy, like, both of you are going fucking down. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, oh, and he came home. My roommate came home with heels. He's He's been trying to get me to go to this drag show. 
for forever and I was like dude I just like I just can't bring myself to do it like I don't, I don't have anything against the, the drag culture or nothing uh, you know that's what makes you happy be you but it's like he wants me to do a set there and it's just, I just don't think it's gonna go well uh, I just my humor is just not that I, I don't I don't talk about the same shit they do and I don't fucking dance or wear a wig or you know I'm not saying that's you know all that they care about there but I don't know I guess I just think the the humor might be a little little off for me I'm talking about race and going on dates with tinder girls and everything and is uh might be a little a little bit of a challenge but either way, he came home with heels. He was like, oh, I'm going to do drag. I was like, I got my first set of heels today. <laughs> and he put his feet in them. Just, the, oh, God, it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Um, God bless him. Uh, I'll support him if he, if he decides to do that or whatever. He's a funny dude. I, I love my roommate. He's a good, good, good fella there. Um, we seem to be getting along well. We have different interests, but we, we do get along well, man. Um, so it's nice to live with somebody who's not a, not a fucking asshole. I've lucked out. I've never lived with anybody who was an, who was an asshole, uh, which is good. Um, yeah, so we made it 45 minutes. I think I'm gonna call it right now. Um, hopefully these will get funnier as they go. I'll try to, I don't know, just tell you, uh, stories from the week punch them up or something. I don't know. See what comes out. This is all just stream of consciousness. And uh, we'll, we'll see what comes out. Um, so yeah. I'll get rid of the dead air eventually. I'll learn how to keep talking. And we'll see how I grow. I'm just doing this to try to have something. It's better than sleeping. You know, just take an hour to, to talk and let some shit out instead of sleeping. And maybe I'll I don't know, play some video games here in a minute. There's no, nothing else going on. I don't watch Empire, nothing like that. I watched the Panthers football game this past week. That was a great game. I can't believe the Panthers are 7-0. and I'm just waiting for the ball to drop, man. Like, something, I, like, I don't believe we're this good. I think we play Green Bay next, and that'll be a, a test because we almost lost control of the Colts game. And Cam is doing great. Uh, this is a year where he's looking really good, and we've got some injured players, but he's really uh, he's really showing out on the field. Uh, but yeah, either way, man. At any rate, my name is Jordan Fisher. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all that bullshit. J Fisher Comedy. J, just the letter J, F I S H E R, comedy. Uh, that's Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this. If it never comes out, it never comes out. And if it does, then cool. You stuck with it. And thanks for listening to the first episode of Shoot the J. Peace.